Well, there you go. Uh, Aaron Taylor, former Notre Dame player, uh, offering up a warning to college football and did it on an old tape recorder in his basement. <laughs> it, was, it was from his car, but it does sound like that, man. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. It, it, it brings up an interesting thought to me. I think we've got to change things. You think we've got to change things. Aaron Taylor thinks we've got to change things. Brent Venables thinks that we've got to change things. Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney. It feels to me, man, that, and I could be wrong, but 95% of the people, whether it be fans, media members, or coaches, are actually all on the same page. We hate the direction that college football is going. We all have the same opinion that we've got to get some guardrails, we've got to fix this, or it's going to be a, a, a it's going to be the, to the detriment of college football. Why are we not? Why is it not that easy? Why aren't we stepping up and doing something if the vast majority of people say, no, this is broken? Well, I'll tell you why. Because just like what you heard from Aaron Taylor right there, I think a lot of what he said was, was it was it was well said and well stated, but you don't offer me any solutions. It's just, we better do something. Well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do and who's going to enforce it, I guess, is... Uh, what are we going to do and who's going to enforce it? Two main it? issues there. Yeah, I think everyone agrees that something has to be done, but I don't know what can be done. I I don't know. I honestly don't. Now, I offered up the solution previously about the conferences getting together and changing their rules on the transfer situation about eligibility, but someone's going to have to be okay with, you know, being first and uh, being at a competitive disadvantage. And I don't know if anyone's going to be willing to do that without the guarantee that everyone else sure. does it too. No, I'm sure there's a lot of coaches out there that don't agree with the way that things are going right now, but there's so much pressure to win in college football, you got to kind of, you know, <laughs> go about the rules as they are right now until they change. Well, that's you know, that's exactly the position that Oklahoma's in. I don't think Oklahoma wants to wants to be involved in the NIL stuff at least at the level yeah. that it's at now. I, I don't think anyone up there has any problem with a player receiving an, uh, an NIL from a local business that you know, legitimately wants wants that player's services to, you know, to um, to help their business, the the you know, bring some attention to to whatever it is that they do, which is is what this thing's supposed to be all about. And I I just I don't know how you can monitor it all by by the by the the spirit of what went down. I think is fine, but the the massive LLCs that you just use as a slush fund to to pay players and do it under a a five hundred one c as a, a charitable organization. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? Yeah. That's not a name, image, and likeness deal. As we said earlier, man, it's always been easy to root against USC, A&M, or Texas. You have more reasons now than ever to root against A&M, Texas, and um, 
and and A&M. Are, are, are those the three schools that we need to talk about kind of doing it the most right now? Like, USC is a little bit different because they are – they're NIL and their transfer portal. Like, at least Texas and Texas A&M seemingly – or just NIL. I mean, they're getting kids via the portal, but not at the extreme nature that USC is. Lincoln is like, that's why I think that he's the face of this new changing of college football that everyone hates. Because he's aggressive with NIL, he's using NIL, and using it to tamper via the transfer portal. He's doing it both ways, and I think everyone else is just kind of going all in on NIL. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I don't know. The... Yeah, Miami. Good point on Miami yeah. text line. Miami is they got a billionaire down there. What is it? The Life Wallet guy that's throwing. He wants to stuff. like independently fund a new stadium for Miami. I think something like, something yeah. crazy like that. Which I got no problem with that. I got no problem if someone wants to independently fund a new stadium or independently fund a new facility or independently fund a. A new jumbo jet that the team flies around on. I got no issue with any of that stuff. Um, it's the, it's the direct. It's it's not even a direct. It's hiding a direct nil deal. For a guy, it's it's not an nil deal. We got to stop calling it nil. It's not nil. It's not a name, image, and likeness deal. That is not what this is. This is. This is plain and simple inducement. It's, that's, that's what it is. And it's not supposed to be inducement. That's the one thing that is in the rule, and that's what all of it is. If it's not like the going rate for, for what someone does for an endorsement deal, then it's an inducement. And I don't know how you set what the, what the going rate is for a – uh, a high school kid that's never played a, a down of football. How do you evaluate that from kid to kid? You know? Right. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that, but I know what I can tell you. It's not two million dollars a year. No. So. No, it's it's broken, man, and I, I have a real concern. Um, I, I I have a real concern with the direction that this thing is headed. I I I, uh, I fought it for a while, but I I guess it was this story this weekend with the tampering of the pit wide receiver Jordan Addison. That has really put me on alarm saying, dang, is this this is a new era. That's that's what we kind of decided today. This is a new era of college football. When we think about this sport or talk about this sport a hundred years from now, or somebody else, we won't be around. But they'll say, uh, yeah, this was the NIL transfer portal era, and it changed the game dramatically. Where where does um so instead of just talking about all the issues with this like, where is OU ultimately going to fall on this? Are they going to fall on the right side of this? Are they going to fall on the wrong side of this? What's OU's role with this massive changing landscape of the sports? I, I think they're going to be right, right in the middle. I think that they're going to offer something because you can't be competitive right now without offering something. I mean, you can, you can have fantastic facilities – you can have fantastic uh, coaching staffs. You can have, uh, you know, the best at everything. But if a kid's getting offered 500K to go somewhere, he's going to go somewhere else. Sure. And frankly, it's stupid not to. <laughs> really? You know what I'm talking about? If, if you've got all of, all of your 
affairs in order and good people around you, I mean, a half a million dollars whenever you show up to college is that's incredible significant man yeah especially when everything else is already paid for you right (laughs) you're just bankrolling so i i can't i can't blame the kids but everyone is forced into doing something that they don't want to do right yeah and that's what i mean all the kids now are being called you know, prima donnas, brats, all this. Um, but it's the adults in the room that really, you know, set this in motion. It's the adults in the room that are kind of really fueling things. I mean, I I hate it, but do you expect a kid to say, no, Tennessee, I won't take $8 million from you to play college quarterback? I mean, they didn't decide this. Right, and it's all, it's all just a snowball, right? Because, you know um, – if you're Tennessee or USC or whoever, I, you're you're head coach. You're trying to keep your job. You're you're you have to win games, or you're going to lose your job. And if someone is saying like, "We'll fund this to where you can go out and get the best players," and it's going on everywhere else in college, what are you going to do? Right. Like, if you want to keep your job, you better do it. You can't say, "Nope, we're above that." Because the people that are, are wanting to fund it are going to say, hmm, yeah, maybe we should find someone that is okay doing it. And you're out of a job. So it just, it just it, it turns it into this snowball thing where even if uh, universities and individual coaches and staffs don't want to be involved in this, well, you better be involved or you're going to lose your job. I'm calling it right now, man. Um, USC is going to continue to be all in on tampering, transfer portal, NIL, all that. And he's going to win some games. I don't think that he's going to win a national championship. I'm not even so sure I think he's going to make a college football playoff. But he's going to go about things this way. He's going to leave the NFL, and USC is going to be an absolute shambles once he walks out the door. I I am calling it right now. USC is going to be in an awful spot when, when he decides to leave. They're going to be left holding a bunch of contracts uh, and massive NIL deals. Man. Well, I got to tell you, Lincoln Riley right now, with with the way this whole thing is gone, I, and, and I would say the same thing about Lincoln Riley. I, I, I doubt Lincoln Riley, even though he said this stuff publicly and we can say, well, how much do you really believe that? I don't think Lincoln Riley wants this to be – college football either but when someone offers you a huge contract ton of money and is willing to fund it for you and that's the way you're going to be able to win and get things rolling quickly uh uh, yeah okay yeah let's do it let's roll but the way he's being painted right now and the way this whole thing is is kind of unfolding in front of him i i bet now more than ever Lincoln Riley is saying, get my ass to the NFL. Yeah. I, and I've never thought like, that I don't he was want to be... do this. I don't want to be looked at this way. I just want to coach football. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I never thought that he was going to be at SC that long. I don't really feel like, well, Cowherd does. Maybe on the West Coast that they think he's going to be a, a lifer there, stay there for a long time. I, I've always felt like he's going to jump to the NFL quickly. And for whatever reason, I've always felt like it's going to be the LA Chargers. Well, it's who he jumps to. It may be. They got him out there right now. Um, 
you know, McVay hinted around about retiring after the Super Bowl. I think that that was for a nice little contract extension at the end of the year. Probably. I, I think he's going to be locked in there for quite some time. But L.A. Chargers, yeah, that that's a, that's a good a guess as anything. But, yeah, I, I feel like because of like, – no one wants to be – no one wants to be known across the country as the bad guy, right? No one wants that. Lincoln Riley doesn't want that. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if he's not just looking at things and saying, man, get me out of this. Well, I wonder who else is going to follow suit. Um, a lot of people think Jay Wright left college basketball. I mean, his team just went to a Final Four this year, man, you know? His best years as a coach have been in the, in the past, what, seven years or so? Um, people speculate that's why he's leaving. People speculate that's why Coach K left. Roy Williams, I mean, those guys were up in age, but you get the point. I, I wonder if more guys are just going to say, I'm good on this, man. No thanks. That is such an interesting – that's a, such an interesting take. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's – that I don't believe it. I think that is an easy explanation, but it's almost too easy. If are, are they upset that everyone else is going to be able to do what they were doing with the shoe money deal and it's leveled the playing field? <laughs> that, that, that could be the case. Is that, that it? Or is, has the NCAA actually been doing some work? And behind the scenes, they're maybe about to drop the hammer, and instead of that, they're offering an out. I don't um, no. I, I that's I would, putting too much faith yeah, in the yeah, NCAA. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. just I, no, I'd but say I, the former there. I just agree that the timing of all of it is really weird that you have that many coaches I stepping mean, aside. The Duke and the Carolina and the Villanova job. I mean, that's. Duke and Carolina are probably one and two in terms of jobs. Villanova may be a top ten now. So three top ten jobs opening up in two years in college hoops. That didn't happen, man. College, no, it doesn't. College hoops is really – I mean, in college football, if you get a good job, you don't leave a blue blood, but especially college basketball. Bill Sell's been there for a long time now. Roy Williams was at Carolina for a while. Coach K, Tom Izzo at their schools forever. Coach Cal's been at Kentucky forever. It's just not a whole lot of turnover at those spots. Yeah. It's interesting. That's wild. It's wild. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that is it. And here's the problem though. It, I think I think this whole new mess that's been added and all of the different elements that it brings and you know different levels of of compliance and lawyers and NIL departments and it, it it's already a really difficult situation to navigate just with the rules in itself of recruiting and the 20 hour rule and how many coaches can you have on the field and how many, how many hours can you meet with the players during the summer or during spring or during the fall, uh, you know, chasing players down, making sure everyone's in class and on time and work is accounted for. It, it's a, it's a huge mess and you throw all of this other stuff on top of it. It just it's it's a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't blame any coach for saying, I'll just go to the NFL. Text line, the number of giant college football head coaching jobs uh that changed at the same time. So saying recently, 
what what's 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 uh Ohio State was open recently. OU's been open a couple times here recently. SC that was more due to poor performance though. Recently was open. Notre yeah. Dame. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. But he didn't. He didn't leave. He didn't retire. He went to a bigger mess. Yeah. You know, it's the off season. Let's get more Teddy doing Adam Sandler characters. <laughs> I that was. I got highly uncomfortable earlier. But what an impression of Adam Sandler uh, doing that mom. <laughs> I, I want to. I want to do it so bad. It's just, it's so hard to uh, to get it out there radio friendly. There's only a, a a couple of small sections that you can recite throughout the entire CD. Someone uh, was texting in, you know, when they're jumping in the pool. Hey, jackknife when he jumps in. <laughs> Can opener. We still do that at our house every you say, summer. Hey, Jackknife. Jack nice. Always. It's great. Lincoln seems to be the kind of guy that gets a kick out of outsmarting people. I think he enjoys the NIL and knew he have an edge in LA. Maybe it'll work out like some of his goofy play calling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I'm I'm annoyed with it. I think everyone's annoyed with it. Who's going to step up and do something? I, I believe that the only way to rein it in is, is to actually do what you intended to do with the name, image, and likeness deal is allow guys to get a piece of their jersey sales, to be able to do an autograph signing, to be able to represent a, a car dealership and – and have a car to drive around and show up and do a signing there on on a Saturday or something like that. I don't think anyone right now would would say that it's outlandish to allow those types of things. No. But I think everyone would agree that stuffing several million dollars into an LLC, calling it a charitable organization, and paying players a ton of money to um, – I. I don't know how, however much they're getting to show up at an FCA event once a year. Like, come on. What are we talking about here? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Keep the text messages coming. Boy, Denver and Cleveland were really the two destinations for uh, OU no Drafts this weekend. But man. Five guys going to those two places? E- yeah. Um, I-, I loved it, too. So someone from the Broncos, their social media team, Casa Bonita, they photoshopped Casa Bonito on like the outside of the <laughs> restaurant, which was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's good. Um, They're pretty excited about especially Benito. Um, in Denver because they needed a pass rusher, man. They traded away Vaughn Miller last year. They were hoping they could get him back in free agency. They need an edge guy, and he's someone that definitely has some upside. Definitely has some upside. He does, uh, no doubt. And here's the good thing for Bonito. Denver signed Randy Gregory to the dumbest contract yes, they did, man. in history. And After an offseason full of great moves, that was a bad one. Just horrible. He ha- He's getting like 70-plus million dollars. And the dude has, in five years, 16 and a half sacks, career sacks. 
16 and a half career sacks, and they gave him over $70 million. So I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen with Randy Gregory. He's going to have a hamstring issue in training camp this year. Uh, He's going to continue to be uh, hampered by soft tissue stuff because he got his money, and he's not even trying to do anything from this point on. So Bonito, in my opinion, is going to have plenty of opportunities to go out there and try and get something done in Denver. Perion Winfrey, we'll see about him. He's just got to stay out of his own way, man. If he wants to make the decision to handle himself like a pro and do everything the right way, Teddy, I think he's got a chance to – I don't know if he has the chance to be an all-pro, but he's got a chance to stick around in the league for a long time. He's just – Right. Can he stay out of his own way, essentially? Yeah. Because staying out of staying out of trouble has been an issue for him. Yeah. I think I think he if he continues to have like the last if he can continue the like the last eight months that he's had, I think he's he's going to do some good things. Just just you know, keep your head down and work. He's going to have some money. He's going to have a whole lot of free time. You just got to keep your head on straight, make good, smart decisions, continue to work, and and I think good things can happen with Perrion. Yeah, really uh, rooting for Jeremiah Hall. He uh, went undrafted to the New York Giants. Um, not a great organization right now, a ton of turnover, but hopefully he can figure it out. That's just an interesting – he's going to play an interesting position in this league. I mean, you just don't see a whole lot of a true traditional fullback role. Um, you do see some of it. I I, I, just, I don't know. I just hope it works out for him. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It is – it's incredibly difficult at fullback. Very few teams use it. Those 53 roster spots are incredibly valuable. He's got to be a beast on special teams. He will not be able to make – the team if he's not a beast on special teams. But I think he's a I think he's a good football player. I think Turner Yell is an excellent football player that has an opportunity to do real well. I think Isaiah Thomas's um versatility is gonna serve him really well. Um who am I missing here? Marquise Hayes. Marquise Hayes. I don't know if you're just talking about just straight defensive guys. But just he got no, drafted. just draft picks. It's it's going to be tough for him. He's going to a guard heavy place. They've already got some good guards there, but you just you never know. You got to grind it out. Uh, being drafted is way better than not being drafted. They've got some capital that they've allocated to you, um, and it, and it reflects poorly on them if you don't work out. So. They'd like to have you stay on the roster, so yeah. you got that going for you. Tornado emergency just played over that whole clip. Uh, sorry about that. How about this instead? We'll play Nick Benito on being in Denver with DTY. I know everyone's rooting for those two guys uh, definitely to have a great career, but any of, if any of these guys go on and be an all-pro, OU fans will just use that as ammunition against the Speed D. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Well, that's fair or not. You just you know that's going to happen. There's no doubt. So what we were tied with fourth with seven guys drafted. That, I think Georgia had the all-time mark, correct, with 15? They were number one with 15. I think LSU had maybe nine, LSU's something always, like that. Whether LSU wins a title or they're bad. Penn they're State all, with eight. They're always going to put in eight or nine guys in the league. It's and crazy. I think we were tied at seven with like Alabama and maybe maybe another school. So a pretty good number to, to be able to throw that out there. What's up with Burkich not getting signed? That's on the text line. Well, that's, that's the kicker. That's the kicker spot. Um, what I guess, was it the was it the Browns that drafted a kicker pretty Pardon? high? Or kicker, yeah, uh, kicker, right? Didn't it? Was it the, the punter Brown? from Georgia got drafted? Yeah, but there, I think it was. Uh, I think, was it the Browns that drafted a kicker pretty high this year? Maybe I don't know. Just because they've had um, bad luck with with special teams uh, previously, but I mean, Burkett had his struggles down the stretch. That's why that was kind of it's pretty puzzling why he elected to leave uh, a year early. To be totally honest, you rarely see that, and kickers don't. I mean, just because you don't get drafted, that really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot at kicker. Um, he's definitely going to be in a camp, and he's definitely going to have opportunity. I, I'm not worried about uh, Burkeach at all. He'll be in a camp come fall. He, no, he'll definitely be in a camp. I, he may have already signed with someone. I, I didn't yeah. see it yesterday. Most guys have by this point. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, he probably knew going in that he was going to be undrafted, I, I would guess. I, I don't know. But, yeah, we, what we see about one or two kickers a year maybe get drafted, yeah. seemingly. Yeah, it just depends. And, two, I of. mean, how many times do you see someone cut a kicker in the middle of the season and then you can just go pick one up? They're not great, but you can always get a kicker if need be. Kicker is probably the most difficult position to make it in the NFL because well, there's only 32 spots. They don't keep an extra kicker on the roster. There's right. no backup kicker. Uh, that's the, usually the punter or some guy that's like a wide receiver or something that punted in high school. But um, there's only 32 spots, and there's a ton of really good kickers that come out of college every single year. There's a bunch of guys just like you'll see out of the USFL and the XFL, probably the most valuable assets that they'll have are kickers. Two guys I, I played with in the UFL, one was Graham Gano, and the other was Steven Hauschka. Both of those guys have Super Bowl Steven rings. Steven Hauschka was great for Seattle. Yeah. I mean, he really was. Yeah, man, and if you mess up as a um, if you mess up as a defensive end twice a game, well, the average fan isn't going to notice it. Your position coach will, but for the most part, no harm, no foul. You mess up as a kicker twice, you'll be looking for a job the next week. Looking for a job? If you play for the wrong team, you might be uh, – Shot in the parking lot. Cody Parky with the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful out there uh, if you're a kicker. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got a couple segments left. Stay tuned. Final hour of The Rush, Riverwind Casino and Hotel, taking you home on a Monday evening. Uh, hopefully you are staying weather aware out there because there's not just one storm, Teddy, that's causing some havoc. There's several storms out there that uh, we need to be worried about. So uh, let's hope everyone is staying weather aware out there. 
As we uh, get ready to close things up today, let's hit as many texts as we can. First one from the 918. If you don't get drafted and you left early, can you go to back to your school? No, you cannot. Nope. Now, college basketball, I believe now you can, if you don't hire an agent, you can eventually come back. Right. And that's what Mo Gibson said that he was going to do. Now it sounds like he's going to transfer elsewhere. But no, college football, once you elect uh, to go to the NFL draft, you, you cannot come back. I wish there was a way to have the guys have have the availability to to go back, but once you declare it's over, um, I hate that. I hate that so many. It's countless guys from all over the country, from all different sizes of schools decide to leave early and go to the draft and don't get drafted. And some people say, well, that's that's their decision. They made a dumb decision. That, they're 20 years old, 21 years old. How many dumb decisions did you make at 20 and 21 years old? No, right? never. Oh, well, you're different than me. I th- okay, I, I made the d- uh, enough dumb decisions for the both of us then. No, I, trust happened. me. I, I, made, I made plenty of those. You know, I, I do hope that, you know, one of the things like with, with – like for example, the the NIL situation that OU is set up, you feel like there's going to be a big group of guys, all the players that are going to make a decent amount of money, just kind of a flat across the board deal, and you hope that keeps guys around a little bit longer, right? And they don't feel like they absolutely have to, um, absolutely have to to head to the NFL maybe before they're ready to to fix a financial situation that maybe they've got for themselves or their family. Text line in the 918, how in the world did Kennedy Brooks go undrafted? He's got a lot of miles on him, man. I don't know. But he had a great – he had a better resume than any other running back in the draft. Yeah, and he got a $240,000 signing bonus, mm-hmm. which I'd say is awesome. That is rare for an undrafted free agent to get that he much He got that money. much? Is yeah. it From who? Who, who did he sign Eagles. with? Wow, that's interesting. Yep. Huh. Yep. And I, I, I believe that that's going to be a great spot for him. Hope so. They've got like their two guys are often injured. With you know, I, there's just there's room for a guy to step in there and do something. I mean, it could be Kennedy Brooks. Guy just produces, man. Yeah, it seems like Philly, at least here recently, has had a lot of smaller scat backs type of guys. They haven't had maybe a dude that can run. North and south to the level that maybe Kennedy. Yeah, what's the guy there now? Boston Scott. Boston Scott, Scott yeah. yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Miles. Miles Sanders yep. out of Penn State. Yeah. Of yep. course, they had Darren Sproles for, forever, too. I don't know yeah. about forever, but they had him. What else we got here? It's the reason I want the USFL and XFL to work. First, it's more football. Second, it gives these guys that make the mistake leaving a nice place to play. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's another avenue for – for all those guys that one don't get drafted, two um, you know maybe get drafted or sign as an undrafted free agent and don't make a team, and here's what you got to remember: there's 32 teams. All 32 teams bring in right around a hundred guys for training camp. That number's cut down to 53, almost in half. Now they will sign a, a handful of guys to practice squad and stuff like that, but. Half the guys that are going to a football team this fall, an NFL team, aren't going to have one throughout the rest of the season. Sure. So those guys, uh, those guys, 
would like to have somewhere else to play for sure. If we had to project who has the best NFL career out of this group, um, Kennedy Brooks is a sneaky pick. I'll go with yeah. Benito, though. Bonito? I'll go with Nick Benito coming off the edge out there at Denver. I'll go with DTY. I'm cool with that one. I think he's... I think he's a really good all-around player that has the, he has the right skill set. Uh, on day one, he's plenty fast, he's plenty strong, tackles well, smart with lots of experience. Like there's nothing there. With Benito, he needs to get bigger, he needs to get stronger, he needs to develop uh, you know, a few more few more skills to be a a, pa- a, a potent pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, I think Perion needs to gain some size. Uh, you know, you can, I can kind of go through all of the guys and pick one or two things that they probably need to do, but I think Turner Yale shows up day one uh, turnkey. Uh, explain something to me, like okay. I'm three years old, if Easy. you don't mind, uh, because I've been trying to figure this out all day long. The Scott Frost thing. Now, he gets the five-day suspension from all coaching duties during championship week, which – LOL, he uh, is not going to be coaching during championship week Who was it that picked him to win the West? Oh, the ESPN FPI. Is that what it was? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was. This one-year show cause. Now, when I think of a one-year show cause, I think of like Chip Kelly who couldn't come back to college football after a period of time. How does the one-year show cause affect Scott Frost in this deal? If If he was to be fired or take another job in the NFL, he cannot okay. come back to college gotcha. for one year, I believe. I think that, that sounds right. That's what it's meant in the past. I don't know if that's what it means in this case. You have to, you have to serve out that, that show cause. But I don't know if, this, if that just means that he, he would have to serve that five-game suspension or if it's a full year if he were to Five be Five-day suspension? Yeah, the the yeah. one that he's yeah, got. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So, I I think that's what that means. Um, well, Calcaterra got drafted. That was one of the cooler moments too. Yeah. After leaving the game, then coming back, going to Auburn, ending at SMU, his family was there on the couch watching that. Good, good for him. A lot yeah. of guys you're uh, rooting for. Yeah, Calcaterra. Uh, that that was nice by him. How about how about the draft the Jets put together? Yeah, they tried to get Debo Samuel on the cheap, like give up the 10th overall pick, and then the Niners would have to give them like a second-round pick. Something. They, uh, I'm not going to say that they came close to pulling that deal, but they did have a good draft, especially in the first round with their, what, two picks that they had. They would have yeah. been able to pull off that Debo Samuel deal. That would have been big time. They were able to um, you know, get some the, – the move they got to get the kid out of FSU late – uh, later than a lot of people thought he was going to go, uh, Jermaine Johnson, beast. He may be the best defensive end straight up in the entire draft. They got him at twenty six, and who was the kid that got? Or they got Garrett Wilson. Yep. Um, at number ten, wide receiver help there. That was an awesome pick. And um, who else? They got the uh, the Gardner kid, the corner. So uh, I, I thought they did sauce. a really good yeah, job. Yeah, they did get sauce. Yep, and. They added some other nice pieces later. They got the tight end from Ohio State, who happens to be a Jets fan. Jeremy Ruckert. Yeah, there's like 
15 Jets fans in the entire country, and one. that kid and his family happen to be huge Jets probably fans. Why they, probably why they drafted him. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back, wrap the day up next. Stay tuned.